0: Today, we're very, very thankful that you're here today. I just want to say a word about the Immerse before we get started with, uh, in that program. Um, uh, one of my responsibilities here at Calvary is helping with the uh, small group. Uh, Lynn Egan and I co-direct that, and um, that, that is our theme for the fall. But community groups, uh, just get involved in a community group, and you say, well, "I'm not sure I have time to do all that reading or listening." Go to the community groups. We're going to be showing these videos to kick off uh, each of the the community groups' uh, time. And those times are going to be, you'll be able to immerse that and get into that. You're also going to be, you're going to know a lot of the stories anyway. So uh, just don't worry. We hope you, I think the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. So we encourage you to get the book or the podcast, do as much as you can. But we want everybody going to a community group, uh, even if you can't do the material every week. We hope you will, but the more you put in, the more you'll get out. Um, This morning, we are talking uh, about a new uh, relationship. And um, immediately when we think about a relationship, we think about uh, my relationship with a person. But we have all kinds of relationships in life, and we relate to things. We we relate to food, you know. We and, and we think about it. We can uh, we can change our relationship with things like food. We can uh, maybe we have. Um, grown up or got a tendency to live to eat, and we, after a while, we kind of get on those scales and try to put on our clothes and try to, we kind of go, you know, I need to stop, I need to change the way I relate to food, and uh, I have a friend that told me that did this, instead of living to eat, I'm going to eat to live. And I go, well, that's really cool. They changed the relationship. They created a new relationship with uh, food. Uh, exercise, some of us, you know, you, you hate it. You know, oh, I hate to exercise. Oh, I'll go. I'll tolerate it. And some people change the way they relate to exercise. They begin to love to exercise. They go to the gym every day. They just, you know, I've got friends that do that. You know, I'm afraid that I'm still on this end of things and you know, trying to move that way. And because every, you know, we're constantly changing the way we relate to things. Um, uh, recently, one of the things I've learned over the last couple of years is like stress and anxiety. Uh, sometimes we grow up. And we develop these mechanisms to, to relate to stress. We go inward, or we begin to obsess, or we get anxious. And sometimes we have to change the way we relate to the little mechanisms we do. So all that's to say is uh, we build new relationships with a lot of people, but with a lot of things. And um, this morning, uh, I want to ask you is how do you relate to the Word of God? How do you relate to the Word? Most of us have been raised uh, in homes that have a Bible or you have access to a Bible. But my prayer is that today, all of us will think about our relationship uh, with the Bible. Um, And I, I love... The relationship that we as a church have with the Word of God. Some of you may not be aware, but uh, architecture in churches uh, relate to theology. And when Baptists began to build church buildings, they made sure that there was either a pulpit or something very central in the middle. That wasn't so much for the preacher. That was for the Word of God to be set in the middle of the room that we would gather around the Word of God for its guidance, for its authority, for its encouragement. And I'm glad that I get a chance today uh, to to declare the Word of God to you, but uh, it is the Word of God that is important to us today, and I pray... But with that said, I would like for us, and, I, and we, and as one of the pastors, we will be committed to the Word of God and its authority and its guidance. But my question is, I would like for you to imagine that you're the only one in the room today. What is going to be your personal relationship with the Word of God? Uh, my hope is that each of us will consider what type of relationship we have and that we will take a step toward the Word of God today, that we will reevaluate uh, our relationship with the Word of God, and that we'll make some decisions today. I'd like for each of you to take your handout. If you'll take the handout that you were given this as you came in and open that. I've got some little questions in there, and I, I appreciate our impact class. Our impact class comes in every Tuesday Uh, And they make sure that we have pins and and everything. And, you know, we we never thank them enough. Let's give a round of applause for our impact as we're doing that. They, and they brighten, my, they brighten our staffs Tuesday. Or they come in, and they're, we're here, you know. And, man, they come in here, and they do so many They're so thankful for them. But if you've got a pen in your hand, you, you may just want to write one word or one phrase or a few notes. Uh, uh, maybe that's my, my teaching coming out of me, my undergrad. But uh, we're going to start with the Bible. We're going to talk about what is the Bible. And next to that word, what... I would love for you to put the word "amazing," because the Word of God truly is an amazing gathering of sixty-six books. They were written by forty authors over sixteen hundred years, with one theme, with a with a theme, a unifying theme. That is probably one of the. I was talking to some students. One of the apologetic. Uh, arguments of God. Who could do that? Who could, over 1,600 years, uh, put together one theme? And that theme starts over here with creation, that we are created in the image of God, that we are image bearers. But then there was a fall. There was a fall, and, and sin entered the world. But God immediately introduced a sacrificial system as a foreshadowing that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin and as the as scripture goes on we begin to see god just dropping little hints like in the book of ruth saying we the, there was a need for a kinsman redeemer somebody that a close relative that would come and redeem the kinsman redeemer idea, again, the sacrificial system, the kinsman redeemer. Then these prophets began to have dreams and prophecies about a coming Messiah. And then we get into the New Testament where there's a, a young girl that was had to be had to be supernaturally become pregnant because sin comes through the the Adam, through the and, and, and hear a a virgin birth, and then there was John, the cousin of Jesus, that was the, that grew up with Jesus, and all of a sudden God allowed him to open his eyes to say, that goes the Lamb of god that that is the Lamb of God all that when I was in Jewish school, growing up and, and in the synagogues, hearing about all those animal sacrifices. There is the Lamb of God, and we see the story of Jesus Christ, and we see throughout, what an amazing book with one theme, and the great theme of the entire book is God loves each of you because, see, you're the only one in the room. You're the only one in the room today. And I want God to speak to you that he loves you. He has a plan for your life. And he sent his son to die on a cross to redeem you. And if you'll receive that sacrifice for yourself and apply the blood of Christ to your life, you can be born again. What an amazing, what an amazing book. Take your Bible and turn over with me to Second Timothy 3.16. Let's look at that book. Look at that scripture. Second Timothy chapter 16. We'll look at verses 16 and 17. It says, all scripture, all scripture, all canon, Genesis to Revelation, all, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God, That the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. First of all, we see that all Scripture is breathed out. Uh, Maybe your version says inspired. Inspired. God breathed it through individuals. They still had their own personalities, but it was the words that God intended to be written on that page. He inspired the Word of God. Second, it is authoritative. It is not by men. It was by God. God is the one that breathed that out. And what we have in front of us, I believe that God not only inspired it, He preserved it as He chose to. He preserved the Word of God so that we could have it in front of us. And that, and now He illuminates it. He illuminates it through the Holy Spirit. So it is inspired and it is authoritative. It is... It, I, We have made it our authority as the church, as Calvary church, but at some point you have to say, will it be your authority? And I don't know where you're at on that, but I tell you, the designer wrote instructions for us how to get the most out of life and how to live the most purpose-filled life. And if you want to know, wouldn't you go to the designer and, and listen to what he said about you? And next it says, and profitable for reproof, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. The third and only is it an inspired and authoritative. It is truthful. It is truthful. I may tell you something. This world, you know very well, this world gives us barrels and barrels of opinion. Hey, this is why you're supposed to have a relationship when you're a teenager. When you go to middle school, you go to high school and go to college, this is what you're supposed to do. Hey, when you go to work and that person uh, mistreats you, this is what you're supposed to do. Go over to the barrel and you just lash back out to them. Hey, it's Friday, Saturday night. You feel good? Go ahead. Have sex. Go ahead. Do what you want to because this world says you you only have one shot at your life. You can do what you want to with it. They have this barrel of uh, of how you're supposed to live your life, But what if you were to take that barrel and filter it through the Word of God and come out with how you're supposed to live your life? Let me tell you something. That's what the Word of God can do for you. And in that bucket or in that glass or whatever, we have this huge amount of barrel, worldly thought, truth. We filter it through the Word of God. Now we can live the kind of life that you were designed to live for. The question is, are you living for the barrel, or or are you filtering it every day through the Word of God? What an incredible thing. I think the Word of God, and next to your thing, I hope you put amazing, because it is an amazing group of books. Let's look at the who. The who, next to that, you. 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 You can read, you can understand, and you can apply the Word of God. If you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, now I believe a non-believer can get the Word of God and, and, and get truth out of it, but when you become a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, the Holy Spirit will begin to take the Word of God and apply it to you. Now, it's up to us. We need to be very careful that we learn principles of interpreting the Word of God and, and, and handling it correctly, the Word of God. But the reality, if you have become a Christian, the Holy Spirit can apply that Word of God to you personally as you read it, and it can apply truth. If you done that, you're reading it, and, and God shows it to you. I tell you, when I came here as a 17-year-old non-Christian, and I walked through those uh, uh, yellow, yellowish-looking doors there, and I walked in because um, I'd never been to a Baptist church, and a friend invited me. And I walked in, one of the, I had been raised where I really didn't have the know-how or the background or the knowledge or the education. My job was to come once a week and to sit there and to, I remember when I was very young, my mother paid me a nickel to be good. I remember that. She turned, she goes, Joe, if you will be good, I will give you a nickel when this is over. And she gave me a nickel, so yeah, she paid me to be. But I remember being there, and and as I grew up, I really didn't feel like I had the um, the authority or the wisdom to understand what personally. But when I came here, I looked around and people had their own Bible, and they and, and the pre- preacher was going to books of the Bible that I'd never even heard about. And people were talking about Scripture, and they were doing this crazy thing called memorizing Scripture, which I had never heard of that. And they, were t- they had used this topical memory system, you know? Anybody remember that? The topical memory system. And I remember memorizing 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. And I remember Galatians 2.20 was the second one you learned. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. And all these verses, I, I, they said you need to begin to memorize it. And it was personal. It wasn't just for them. They said, Joe, you can, you can read the Word of God. You need to have quiet times so and begin to read it for yourself. And you not only need to hear it preached and you need to hear it, but you need to personally begin to have a new relationship with the Word of God. And I'm, I want to tell you, I flirted with the Word of God. I knew it from a distance because it was up on that preacher's thing, and I knew it for many, for 17 years. But then I began to flirt with it. I began to kind of think about it for myself, and then I fell in love with it. And i developed a new relationship, and I want to ask you, do you understand that you can have a relationship with the Word of God? Let's go over to John chapter 8. Turn to John chapter 8. Let's look at verse 30 and 32. I love this. We're, I love this scripture because it's in this scripture... Uh, The context is where Jesus has been preaching and there's a lot of Jewish individuals there and then he preaches and some of them move from, begin to believe in his Messiahship. It's so cool. These Jewish people these, that with this background begin to believe in him, and he gathers them together, just the ones that had stepped across that line, the ones that had begun to believe in him, and he has a, a, a conversation with them that's recorded by John. It says in verse 30, and he was saying these things, many believed in him, not just about him. They begin instead of believing about him, begin to believe in him, begin to trust him for who he was. And he says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word. Now, what's interesting about that, I've always remembered John 15:5 says, You are supposed to abide in Jesus. But here he's saying, you're supposed to also abide in his word. And If you abide in his word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is more than coming to church on Sunday mornings and sitting there and trying to remember what he said at lunch or, you know, yeah, I think he talked about that. It's, it's, it's a, a, an abiding, it's, it's, moving from, it's moving into a thing of where you have a connection with the word of God. And the Word of God is influencing you and changing your behavior. Do you have an abiding relationship with the Word of God, or are you still just flirting? Or are you just got to, you're at a distance? Or do you have an abiding? Because it says if you do abide, if you do abide, what's going to happen? You are going to show yourself to be His disciple. That you are truly... Because if you are a disciple of Christ, you're going to want to know Him, and that comes through the Word of God. And it says, and you'll know the truth. You won't just know the barrel of what this world is telling you. You're going to know truth that will impact your life, and that truth will set you free to become all that God meant for you to be in this life. So you say, well, I just want to be free without all... No, Freedom comes at a result of knowing Christ. And knowing Christ is found by when you take the Word of God and take it in and begin to learn and become intimately created, uh, knowledgeable of of God because God wants to know you. And he has revealed himself through the Word of God. I love this. I love this. How do we... One of the things that I've also learned is to... Know the Word of God, there's got to be two things. These are two good words to write down. One is pace, and one is depth. If you are going to become abiding in the Word of God, it takes pace. Because you can't just say, Well, I'm going to read a verse a day. I'm going to read a verse a day, you know, and I'm going to walk to Nashville. Yeah, going to go walk to Nashville, going to get to Nashville, going to walk to Nashville. You know, how long is it going to take me to walk to Nashville? How long is it going to take me, you know? Some of you are, you say you laugh and you chip, chuckle, you know, you'll you never get to Nashville. But Some of you, what? how well will you know the Word of God going at the pace you're going now? So we got to go at pace. Now, I agree, you know, but we, we balance that out with depth because I can just... I can just take off running, or, or I can be driving down the road at 70 miles an hour, or 65 or 55, depending on the speed limit. And, and, but if I'm going too fast, I don't notice what's around me. I also have to go at depth, and that's true of the Word of God. We have to read the Word of God at a certain pace, and we go, I go at different paces. Sometimes I'm like, I'm listening on my podcast or whatever, but I'm going at a strong pace. But folks, there's times where we got to stop on a scripture and go down and say, well, what does this word mean? Why did God use that word abide? Why didn't he just say read? Why did he he pull that word out? If we don't stop and do a certain depth, we're going to miss the deep truths of God. My question, if you continue to go at the pace and the depth you're going now, will you abide in the Word of God, will you know His truth, and will that truth set you free? Well, let's go to the next, or the, I want to go to the when and the where. Grab, you know, I think the when is now. Because if I my challenge to you now, if you do not make adjustments now, then when are you going to make adjustments? When we are encounter the truth of what God wants us to do, then is the time to say, yes, Lord. I'm going to adjust my pace. I'm going to adjust my depth. Um, let's look over to uh john chapter eight again let's go go a little deeper let's let's dive down a little deeper into john chapter eight verse thirty one let's go do a little review it says verse thirty one so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him if you if if you have a choice, you can choose to or not to. If you abide, go deep in my word, my word." You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. And then verse 36, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. You're off. You're you're on a wrong path. You're seeking to kill the very Messiah that came to die for you. You seek to kill me. Why? Why are you off track? Because my words find no place in you. Could it be that Right now, you are on a wrong path. Just like they were on a wrong path. Why were they on a wrong path? Because they had not taken the time to abide and read at the pace and the depth so that the Word of God could affect them. So that instead, you know, why am I in this relationship? Why am I addicted to the substance? Why are those thoughts prevailing in my life? Why can't I get set free from this addiction? Why do I treat my children like that? Why am I not a better father? Why am I not a better wife? Why am I not, why am I not a better? I'm on the wrong path. When we, get in, we encounter the Word of God, and we say, Lord, forgive me, and we change our direction. That's what the Word of God can do. As we get into the Word of God, it can change our direction. But notice it says, because my Word finds no place in you. You know, I've got a certain room in my life. I got my TV. Woo! Got my TV in there. Roll my TV into my life. Got, oh, got, I Gina, love, Gina's in my life. Got my children, got my grandchildren. Woo! Boy, it's getting a little crowded in here. You know, exercise, ah, we, yeah, we'll get that maybe on the corner over there. You know, food, we definitely want the food in there. You know, God had a lot of food in there. And then the Word of God comes knocking on our door and says, Hey, the Holy Spirit says you need to spend time in the Word of God. And we look and go, Man, you know, I'm getting up at this time, I'm working out here, I'm getting here, I'm I just I'm sorry. I have no place for you. It's too crowded. Some of us got we've got to rearrange some of us got to take some stuff out. some of us got to rearrange some stuff. If something is important to you, you will arrange because what they did it, it, is that not that can, when I read that this week, I was so convicted because because my word finds no place in you. May we never be so crowded that we can't find time to spend time both in pace and in depth with the word of God. The next word is where. Where do we do this? Well, we live in such an incredible... We said the Word of God was inspired and, and it was preserved and it wants to be illuminated in your life, but we have to read... The beautiful thing is we have written copies. You can pick one up today, you know, if you don't have one. If you don't, if you don't have the, the Genesis of Revelation, take one of these in the pew today. Take it with you. Put your name in it. It's yours. We have such access, but we also have... Uh, iPods and AirPods and, and ways to, to listen to it on in the uh, it was so many so many opportunities to get the Word of God in our lives there's no excuse for us is there whereas used to years ago when Jesus was talking to them they only had the, they had the Torah they had the Old Testament but now we have both the Old and New Testament what a beautiful thing that we have it everywhere where do we have it we have it everywhere I want to show you a verse in um, the next verse in, in verse eighteen of Deuteronomy. If you have your Bible turn over to Deuteronomy chapter eleven. The Old Testament followers of God, Moses was trying to help them to understand the Word of God, and, and again, here it was a very much a verbal thing, but the Word of God still was the Word of God, and and they had the, uh, in verse 18 of Deuteronomy chapter 11, notice how important the Word of God was to Moses trying to convey this to the people of Israel. So, commit yourselves. If you have your Bible, underline that. Commit yourselves. See, I, can, I cannot commit for you. Your people, person, well, you're the only one in the room, so it doesn't really matter. Commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them to your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I love this. I remember going over to Darren Kathy's house when they were building their home. Darren Kathy were building their home and I remember walking up and they still had the the, the bare wood. They had not put the, the flooring in yet. And I noticed all around their house they had written scriptures that would be covered up. But they wanted their on the they wanted the word of God to permeate their home. So their family went around and wrote scripture all throughout their house. I thought it was so cool. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Folks, this world is saying, you don't have time for that. Let me tell you, the Word of God wants to be in your life so that you can flourish as families, as individuals, and us as a church. Be careful to obey all these commands I am giving you Show your love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. I love that word whole, wholeheartedly. Are you wholeheartedly committed to the word of God or do you need to make a relational change this morning? Do you need to say, and again, I don't know if it involves a community group or a Messiah or reading or whatever, but it doesn't. If you're a follower of Christ, we need to wholeheartedly uh, uh, seek the Word of God. The final one is why. Why do we do this? To grow in your love relationship with God. Verse 22 that we just read of Deuteronomy 11 says, Be careful to obey all these commands I'm giving you. Show love to the Lord your God. By walking in His ways and holding holding tight to Him, you know I, love, I really I really like um, my iPhone, and uh, in fact, I get up every morning and I turn to my iPhone and I say, "Good morning, iPhone." And then I, I put it and I hang, and put it in my pocket, and then I go get the car and I put it right there because I'm a good. Law-abiding citizen and don't touch it while I'm driving. And on the way, I talk to my iPhone. Say, iPhone, how you doing today? Beautiful day in the iPhone. And I just go to bed at night and I give my iPhone a kiss. Tuck tuck it into its little charger and uh, say, good night, iPhone. I'll see you in the morning. I don't do that. You know what I do, though? That iPhone... That iPhone is a tool to, to get to the people that I care about. I love Gina with all my heart. I love my children. I love college students that I'll text backwards and forth, and, and I will dial them. not Mistakenly, I do that a lot too. And uh, they laugh because I do it all the time. I, that phone is a tool to get to the ones I care about. This word of God is an iPhone. It's a tool. I do not worship it, but I worship the one that it connects me to. I will declutter my life and make room for it because I want to have a new, fresh relationship with it so that I can have ultimately a new, fresh relationship with the one who inspired it. Would you bow your heads with me? I hope we gather now. You're not the only one in the room. We gather back together. And my question to you, will you recommit yourself this morning to a fresh, new, dynamic relationship with the Word of God? Are you... Willing to go at a pace that you will not just read a few verses here and there, but to say, yes, God, I want to know all of, of your revelation to me. I want to know the whole Word of God. Will you say to yourself, I want to not only go at a pace, but I want to go at a depth. Will you choose today to relate to the Word of God in a new and a fresh way? Let me tell you something. I'm not a book salesman. I'm not a Bible salesman. (laughs) That's not what I'm here to do. But I am a Jesus salesman. I'm here to tell you that God loves you. And the story from Genesis to Revelation is that God loved you and he redeemed you and he sent his son to die for you. And he wants you to not live by the barrels and barrels of worldly wisdom, but to rather flow your life through the word of God so that you can live according to scripture, to be a to be a a person of of the Bible. We're going to invite you to stand right now and as we invite you to stand and as you continue just to spend time with the Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just tap you and begin to encourage you and do some rearranging. May these steps are here. If you would like to join our church, we invite you to come. I'll be here. If you'd like to pray, with myself or Daniel, one of us will be here. Or if you just want to spend some time, just kind of spending some time on your face before the Lord, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Father, there's been times in my life that I've, even as a pastor, I've slowed my pace down to disobedience. There's been times I've gone, picked up my pace, but I've not gone in depth with your word, and I'm not abiding in your word, I'm just reading your word, I'm not abiding in it, I'm not allowing it to affect me, my behavior, my life, Lord, I personally, as a pastor of this church, we commit ourselves to scripture, that we will be that as a church, but as individuals, Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would deal with each of us, that way we might be obedient in this area, because we want to be, truly show ourselves to be your disciples. We want to know your truth. We want to be set free so that we might bring you glory and worship. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name.